tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, good evening. Tonight on Business Live, government pledges to be disciplined with expenditure for the rest of this year as it casts total spending by more than 20 billion cities in media review. A reduction in the appropriation of the government expenditure, and I think that that is something that um, should give people some comfort that we will therefore do well to stay within the deficit constraints that we have imposed upon ourselves. Also in this bulletin, Bank of Ghana assures regulatory and financial stability functions are intact despite challenging financial position due to over 60 billion cities loss posted last year. Plus, organized labor makes a firm stance of protecting worker pension funds in second round of the domestic debt exchange program. But for now, I think our position still holds that our pensions may not be part of the debt estate. So if the government approaches us and with a new presentation or a new document, that could seen a very positive to us. I think we will discuss it and make a decision at all. We have details of these and many others lined up for you. Please stay. Kojobaka, pleasure to have you on. Let's settle now for the details. And government has stated that it will be prudent with its expenditure for the rest of this year to help stabilize the economy. This was after Finance Minister Kendo Furiata announced a 21 billion cities cut in total spending for next half of the year. Kojo Ponkruma is the Minister of Information, tells Joy Business this may come with some challenges, but government is still committed to implementing the measures to turn things around. I think one of the first things to, to note is that the appropriation has been reduced by 21 billion. And uh, that's, I think, for those who pay attention to, uh, you know, to fiscal policy or to the fiscal framework, that's a good thing. Except that about 10 billion of that is somewhere around the interest payment, and then the other one is spread out. 
across the various expenditure lines. But nonetheless, it's uh, a reduction in the appropriation of the government expenditure, and I think that that is something that um, should give people some comfort that we will therefore do well to stay within the deficit constraints that we have imposed upon ourselves. But there are a lot of lessons that uh, I think in all humility we need to learn moving forward. And one of them, for example, deals with bolstering the relative stability that uh, the minister speaks about. There are a lot of things we need to do to ensure that this stability stays. So, for example, uh, on the forex side, we need to uh, deepen the efforts to ensure that we earn and retain a lot more forex for the Ghanaian economy. Admittedly, what has happened is we've had some injection. It has helped. But the loopholes that exist must be plugged in substance so that moving forward, you are able to, on your own, generically um, shore up your forex reserves and be less susceptible to whatever challenges may come. If you take, um, for example, on the cost of living side or on the inflationary side, you'll notice that it's the Bank of Ghana that is trying to use the uh, monetary policy rate to solve the problem. But that means that on the real sector side, we also have to do a lot more work to ensure that the BOG will see productivity as a more likely outcome than inflation and therefore will not be tempted to use the uh, monetary policy rate. Uh, for example, if you take debt, the way we manage debt, regardless of uh, whatever crisis is hitting us, we have to learn a lesson from it um, so that our susceptibility to debt and the constraints it puts on us um, can be contained in the face of challenges like the ones um, that we are facing. So the first point is that in terms of the um, lessons that we need to learn from all that has gone on, this stability must be bolstered. I think we have to look at is growth. So the growth forecasts have been reduced, but growth in itself doesn't mean much if it is not job-dense. So it is important, even as we mention the growth polls we are looking at, to pay attention to the ones that will translate into jobs. Because what people are looking for are jobs and income so that they can, you know, um, get by in life. And so we have to ensure that the growth polls that have been mentioned, we execute the programs that are existent in those growth polls, and we do them in a manner that it translates into jobs for the teaming young people out there um, across the country. When we talk about, again, fiscal discipline, and that's the, the biggest challenge going out there, and do we get the assurance from government that, listen, we are revising the numbers, we can assure you about us being so going into the end of the year, because we'll be expecting the 2024 budget in November. Yeah, I mean, we have to um, live by our word. If we say that we would ensure that we do not go out of the deficit constraints that we have imposed upon ourselves, we have to do well to ensure that we live by it. Because if we don't and we engage in any more fiscal slippages, not only will the relative stability that we have now elude us, but we'll be putting ourselves in some jeopardy moving forward. And so we have absolutely no choice than to fit within the fiscal constraints that um, we have programmed.
Kujo Paul in that interaction with my colleague George Yafith. Uh, let's touch on banking-related stories now. And the Bank of Ghana has assured that the ability to perform its regulatory function has not been affected despite its challenging financial position. It's coming after the regulator posted almost 61 billion cities loss of, for last year, resulting in a negative equity for the bank. Now, there is more in a question and answer released by the Bank of Ghana. The Bank of Ghana in the circular, however, maintained that its current position of 51 billion Ghana cities negative equity should be a cause of concern at any point in time. That is why steps have been taken to recapitalize the central bank. Otherwise, a sustained period of negative equity could undermine its credibility going forward as a central bank. It added that it is for this reason that is why the central bank has itself put in place structures to ensure that it remains solvent and deliver on its primary mandate. One of this would include the recapitalization of the Bank of Ghana over the next five years. The central bank adds that its equity and earning capacity should be high enough in the long term to ensure that it can independently uh, finance the operations of Bank of Ghana and support the activities in the banking and financial sectors of the economy. Let's interrogate this further and let's get on to Zoom and speak to the Director of Research at the Bank of Ghana, Philip Abredu Otu, on these numbers. Um, pleasure you could join me, sir, on Business Life, Philip. Apart from the impact of the domestic debt exchange program, some have argued that there were other actions of the bank that resulted in the $60.8 billion, uh, I beg your pardon, cities loss for 2022. How do you explain that? Well, um, good evening and good evening to, 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 to the listeners. Mm. Um, yes, but if you look at the numbers, um, you'd clearly recognize that close to 90% of that loss of $60.8 billion was as a result of the domestic debt exchange. Um, it's purely a domestic debt exchange impact that has run through our balance sheet that has created this whole of $60.8 billion. Um, there were three, three key items, uh, if you permit me to explain. Um, so as a result of the domestic debt exchange, um, we had a 50% principal haircut mm. uh, on, on our non-marketable instruments, which was around $64.5 billion. So mm. we took a haircut of 50. But remember, uh, no other institution, the private sector and the banks, did not take a haircut in all of this. It is the Bank of Ghana that has, that has been the shock absorber to the domestic debt exchange to ensure that we return to debt sustainability over the medium term. Mm. As I was explaining, uh, we have the marketable instruments, the non-marketable instrument, and Cocoa Board, Cocoa Board's loans to BOG were all put in the perimeter of the debt exchange, and that, has, uh, that resulted for, for the loss. These three items alone accounted for 53.1 billion out of the loss of 60.8. This is close to 90% of, of the loss. And uh, you cannot say that the domestic debt exchange 
um, has not had any impact. It's purely a domestic debt exchange impact on our balance sheet. Yes, of course, there were other things, but those other things were very minor on our balance sheet. I, I see. Um, so you have a negative equity, and the Bank of Ghana still thinks that we shouldn't be worried? Um, yes, we have a negative equity. Uh, we think you shouldn't be worried because I think the, the issue that arises is whether the bank will continue to be policy solvent. Um, it's an issue of policy solvency. And with policy solvency, the issue is whether we can continue to discharge our mandate uh, uh, of pursuing price stability and uh, financial stability despite the negative equity. And the answer is yes, we can. So we can do that. Policy solvency requires to realize revenues to cover costs and build longer-term capital reserves. But I think that is not to say that, um, yes, we don't need to recover. We will have to recover uh, as, as, as we move along. But uh, will we be policy solvent as we move on? I think, yes, we will be policy solvent. But again, we also need to recognize that we are putting in place uh, steps and actions to ensure that we return back to to, to positive levels. Mm. So uh, some of the measures that we are putting in place is that uh, we'll be retaining profits to build capital back up. Uh, we'll then be optimizing the Bank of Ghana's investment portfolio and operating costs to bolster efficiency. Uh, and then again, I think you said this at the beginning of your program, we, we will be making an assessment for the potential need for recapitalization support from the government in the medium term. Mm. Just, just two days ago somewhere, I think last week on the 25th of July, uh, 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 the Bank of England uh, in a report said mm. that it, it was making a claim on, on government for a potential loss of about 150 billion pounds that has come on its balance sheet as a result of the quantitative easing that they embarked on to try to uh, 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 smoothen out the economic fluctuations that they had in, in, in previous years. Mm. Many star banks are recording same same negative losses. So yes, uh, but these central banks are also operating and they are also delivering on their mandate. So we can. Uh, the problem is that it should not be persistent because the more persistent it gets, the more negative it gets on our balance sheet over a longer period of time, then credibility issues creep in. So there's a plan, there's an agenda to restore capital, but we need to bear in mind that the domestic debt exchange was the main factor that created the problem. Are we going to have the domestic debt exchange again? I don't think so. Um, um, had it not been for the domestic exchange, what would the picture have been? I don't think it would have been recording a negative uh, profit. If you look at the balance sheet, this last year, just last year, I have it in front of me, uh, we, 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 we reported, in 2021, we reported a profit of 1.236 billion Ghana cities. All right. Uh, Philip, uh, I, I want us to focus more on your financials, especially on maintenance of vehicles and fuel costs. 
we saw um, an increase, significant increase for that matter last year. And some have argued that it definitely cannot be justified, Philip. So if you, if you, if you look at the numbers closely, the vehicle maintenance is made up of, uh, uh, I think, four components. We have fuel, we have insurance, we have repairs, and then we have licensing and fees. Um, fuel is the biggest item that we have in there, like in any other organization. And the fuel component moved from somewhere close to 60 billion to about 124 billion. But that was coming about as a result of uh, uh, the fuel price increases that we had last year. Remember that last year, a price, a liter of, of gas was costing five Ghana cities. Uh, by the close of the year, it had jumped to around 11. But even in the course of the year, it went as high as 17 Ghana cities per liter. And Bank of Ghana and its operations, uh, we buy fuel in the market just like any other any other individual, any other economic agent. And we have a massive operation to deliver currency to the economy as a whole. So we are moving specie from south to north. Um, uh, We are moving specie from south to north of the country. All these things cost money. Uh, So the vehicles that we have in the pool are involved in all these uh, massive operations, and that is what has caused uh, this jump in, 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 in petrol. Mm. But again, if you look at the numbers closely, you realize that from 2019 to 2021, the motor running expense is about 90% of the total uh, motor vehicle maintenance cost. Uh, so fuel was just about 90%, and in 2022, it's jumped to about 94, 95% of the total motor vehicle maintenance expense. All right. Thank you very much. In terms of that, the trend hasn't changed so much. Uh, It's the impact of crude oil prices that led led to to this and the massive operations that we've been embarking on. Remember, we are also supervising the bank. Philip, we we are running out of time. I think your um, justification um, has sunk well, so we are indeed grateful um, for that clarification. Philip Arredu, who is the Director of Research at the Bank of Ghana, speaking to us there. You're still watching Business Live here on the Join News Channel with me, Pios Kujubaka. We've got more for you after this break. Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need chop better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, 
She never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. Hello, welcome back. And to some other stories, the Ghana Mine Workers Union has made a passionate call to um, the Council of State to expeditiously resolve the termination of contract of three of its workers by Sonona Sogli for joining the union, else they will resort to their earlier plan of embarking on a nationwide strike. According to the union, the timeline given by the Council of State to address the issue has since elapsed. Speaking at the union's National Executive Council meeting, General Secretary of the Ghana Mine Workers Union, Abdul Mumin Bana said the right of workers to join a union is protected by the constitution. There is more in this report. Speaking to Joy Business at the National Executive Council meeting of the Ghana Mine Workers Union, General Secretary of the Union, Abdul Mumin Bana expressed worry about the increasing cases of workers' rights violations at some mining firms. Only these foreign multinational companies are aided by their Ghanaian collaborators, who are expected to know better. But would instead stop at nothing to frustrate the, the expression of these rights in order that they can continue to line their pockets at the expense of these poor vulnerable workers. About the three sacked workers of Sonona Sogli, Abdul Mumin Bana appealed to the Council of State to work earnestly to ensure the rights of these workers are protected. So we are hoping that, like the words of the Council of State, they will expeditiously get, get this matter resolved. But our options are still available, and we can trigger any day, any time. And so we are focused and we are determined to ensure that our demands at ensuring that the three union leaders are reinstated happens. Meanwhile, the National Labor Commission has resolved meeting organized labor, management of Sonana Sogli, and the three sacked workers tomorrow for a final verdict on the matter. Joshua Ansah is the Deputy Secretary General of TUC. Fortunately, we were invited last Wednesday, and when the chairman inquired about the position of the case, we told him what I've just told you, that uh, when the group post was shifted, we have actually sent the apology letter to them, which they have received it. And we reported our happiness about why, how the letters found its way to the social media, but we are not bothered about that one. So the chairman excused us, and when we went back, he told the management of Asong that uh, they should be serious with the issue, and that is given up to second of this month, uh, August. That is tomorrow in the afternoon too. That uh, they should make a decision and come and inform the commission. So we'll be there tomorrow afternoon to listen to what will, uh, what would the management say to that effect. 
more on labor matters, government's ability to convince organized labor to allow their pension and provident funds to be touched in the midst of a second round of the debt exchange program appears to be difficult as organized labor says it will not back down on its earlier stance. This follows an announcement by Finance Minister Kendo Furiata during the media presentation that it will engage organized labor on the debt exchange. Responding to the issue, Deputy Secretary General of TUC Joshua Ansa tells Joy Business they would prioritize the protection of workers' rights, including their retirement benefits, before signing on to any agreement with government. Really, for now, I cannot say much because the minister also said that they will continue to engage organized labor. That engagement has not been done. So we are waiting for that engagement. And uh, we said that there was a problem pertaining to the first presentation, the first uh, paper that was tabled by the government. If for the second time we want to continue engaging us with a very positive thing, which will not have any negative impact on our pensions, on our future, on our lives, I think the organized labor will meet and uh, consider that uh, paper. Then a decision will be made and the whole world will be made known to the whole world. But for now, I think our position still holds that our pensions might not be part of the debt estate. So if the government approaches us and with a new presentation or new document, that which is very positive to us, I think we will discuss it and make a decision out of that. And this engagement, this continuous engagement was heard from yesterday's presentation at the, at the, at the parliament. You know, you are engaging. From last year, you were engaging, but uh, I mean, due to some circumstances, it was abandoned. We actually told our people not to meet the government again because things were not going the way we want. We go to the meeting, you take a decision, then a different information is out there. So our members were thinking that uh, behind them, we are doing something different. So we said, please, they should stop that engagement until the country becomes calm. Then uh, if the government has something positive, we can still engage. And while longer on the domestic debt exchange program and the impact of the program on banks will compel the financial intermediaries to introduce new products and services. That's according to the country director of the Ghana International Bank, Bafwa Ohini Abankwa. These products and services, he says, may inure to the benefit of the economy and further strengthen the financial sector. Speaking to Joy Business, he expressed confidence that the experiences from the domestic debt exchange program will make Ghanaian banks stronger and better. As government undertakes the debt exchange exercise to restructure its debt, players in the financial sector have preferred some recommendations to help mitigate the impact of the program on ordinary Ghanaians in the financial sector. Speaking to journalists after a three-day risk assessment training for selected banks, Country Director for the Ghana International Bank, Bafo Ohenia Bankwa, expressed confidence that banks will become stronger after the exercise. There are lessons that the banks have learnt. Um, there are lessons that all stakeholders have learnt. And um, we would expect that those would be would begin to feature um, in, in, in how banks um, implement strategy and how they manage their balance sheets and what banks invest in going forward. What it will also bring out is the, the tenacity of the banks. When you think you've run out of options, you, you go back to the drawing table, you think. So, um, yes, we've seen the impact, but I think that there are going to be um, things that will come out of this. And what products and services that we probably do not see today will come into effect as we are forced to become more creative 
with what to do with the funds we manage. Some of the participating banks for the training also spoke with Joy Business on the initiative. Over the last three days, we have gathered a lot of experience from other people. We have learned so much from the facilitators. And um, we have the mandate to go back home and drive this down to our people. We want to be sure that it's getting the buy-in from top management and we also get the lower end to accept what we are bringing forward. It's an important thing. It's very important for our relationship with our correspondence bank and we are very much grateful that we have spent these days here. This program exposed us to financial crime risks. So we were given the array of areas that come under financial crime risks, uh, under customer, under geography, under delivery channel that we use as a bank to dispense our services to customers. Uh, we look at transactions and we look at products of the bank. So these areas cumulatively, uh, we were exposed to how we can assess these risks in these five areas bank-wide. We are looking at all the bank areas, not specific to only one business segment. The training is part of measures by the bank to support its local partners. Thanks so much for your company. I am Pius Kojo Bakadu. Enjoy the rest of our programs. Bye.